Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the post-Christmas, post-New Year fumble with myself, Vernon Kay and Darren Fletcher. We have put one big, bold foot into the playoffs. We've had wild card weekend, but before we strip that down, before we get into it, Darren, welcome to 2020. First things first, did Father Christmas bring you everything that you wanted? Yes, he did, funnily enough, yeah. Happy New Year to you and all of the fun bites. Um I've got I've got little ones like you have young ones so Christmas is always great isn't it regardless so yeah I did well not I didn't get too much in the way of NFL related Christmas stuff but I did get one thing that sums me up perfectly cool. so my mate Lee came over from the US to see us uh, with his lovely wife and his son he stayed at ours for for a night or two we had a couple of nights out obviously we we, we shared Christmas presents so because I've got this issue in my life between Packers and Bears. It's kind of an issue, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah. it's something that follows me around that in ordinary circumstances would have been long behind me, but you won't let it go. So he it didn't remains. split scarf, did he? No, but it's, it, it's, it's similar to that. Right. So it's a, it's a flag that's kind of split down the middle <laughs> and it's got a Packers logo on one side and a Bears no. logo on the other, and it kind of says split household. So you've got the both of them on there. So I've got it up <laughs> in my office. So it's brilliant. He said, when I saw this, he said, this is the only thing I could buy you because it is you. So I said, yeah, I like that. So I was, I was really chuffed with that. Apparently, they're quite big in the US now. If you've got people who live in the same house who are fans of, 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 of different teams. He walked past somebody's house and they, they were flying one outside that was half Seahawks, half 49ers. So, wow. so he got the idea. So at that point, he said, well, can I get the Packers Bears? Yes, I can. Brought it over. What about you? Did, 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 hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You, you think about those two teams that are yeah. on the flag. The Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears, huge rivalry. And then someone has got a flag that's got the San Francisco 49ers on one half and yeah. the Seattle Seahawks on exactly. the other. 
on the other. And, and yeah, he saw that, and that's what gave him the idea for this present. That is superb. I got a good present off off my brother. Go on, right. um, Darren. The first Super Bowl we went to together was yes. in Minnesota. Was it? I can't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <Funnily enough. laughs> is, is that right, where it was? <laughs> is the right answer? Uh, <laughs> Minnesota. By the way, those those fumbleites who 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 don't know this story, Minnesota. Called <laughs> Darren and I try and watch. Uh, the New England Patriots versus the Philadelphia Eagles in Minnesota, the coldest place I'd ever been to in my life. It ended up being Darren and I knee-deep in empty Bud Light bottles. We went did, yeah. bottle wow. and, and had the hangover for hell for about a week. Yeah. Do you know what? The, the funny thing is, we've never actually shared this part of the story with the Fumbleites, and that is that that night you arranged for us to go out and have a drink after the Super Bowl <laughs> with the great Ray Lewis. Right? And I remember you saying to me on the way, listen, don't get giddy. Just act like you belong. Act like you should be here. and act don't. Like you've been there before. Right, act like you've been there before. Right? And I was sat there all the time thinking, I don't actually know where I am, so how can I know whether I've been here before or not? And I remember sitting there eating some... Uh, boneless chicken wings, <laughs> having yet another beer, afraid to speak any at all because I thought I'm bound to ruin it. Vern will fall out of me forever. So I just sat there, and Ray Lewis must have thought, "Who is this guy?" He's just sat there saying nothing. But I genuinely, at that stage of the night, couldn't comprehend what was happening. Couldn't speak. You totally ruined me. Oh, it was very, very funny. But I'll be honest with you, I have, I have acted like that in the presence of the great Ray Lewis because the first time. No, it wasn't the first time. The second or third day that I met, it, met him, we met out to a nightclub in central London. I think I've talked about this before. I can't remember. Anyway, there was myself, Stephen Jackson, Ray Lewis, and Adam Durdy, who's now the quality control linebackers coach at the Atlanta Falcons. Right? Three massive units and me, skinny me. And we're stood just milling around in this, in this, this kind of nightclub, this bar place. And I turned around to Ray Lewis and I said, Hey, Ray. He's like, yeah, man. What, are you, what is it? I said, why'd you wear that face mask that you wear as middle linebacker? <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You fanboy. Proper fanboy question. Yeah. And he went, because it's the same one I wore at college at Miami U. Oh, <laughs> I thought that might be the case. Anyway, well, you know, are you all right? <laughs> you know, do you know that? The, the, the little postscript to that night was that when I got back to England, I don't think I've told you this before. When I got back to England, I was going through my photographs from the trip. You know, right. you're looking back on the day and all that. Yeah. And there was a photograph of me and Ray Lewis, which I genuinely didn't realise I'd had taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of my first palm moment. Why I'm like, I was like, he's not acting like he's been here before. I, I can't, <laughs> Vern, I had no idea I'd had it taken. It was a classic, an absolute classic. Uh, but yes. what great company to be in. Fantastic. Uh, one of the NFL's top 100 players, top uh, linebacker of all time, Mr. Ray Lewis. And I'm so, sure so, we'll see him again. So what, if we yeah, so what, what did you get? You never actually told us what you got. Right, I interrupted yeah. you, which so, I apologise. So you asked me, and then I mentioned the, the time that we were in Minnesota together watching the Patriots and the Eagles. Obviously, the Eagles lifting the Super Bowl trophy. We were right there in the end zone where they played uh, the, the Philly special play. We were right underneath, right on top of that, as it happened. And uh, 
Remember, I did go out after that. So when we when we had a drink with Ray Lewis, you said, you know what, Ben, I've got to call it a day. I, I'm going to bed. And I went, well, I'm going out. So I met, I went out and I met Osu Manura. You did. I remember that briefly. Yeah. So I went out and I, I, I said, Osu, what are you doing? He said, look, we're in this club. Come and join us. I'll put you on the list. So I get to this nightclub and I'm uh, after about 10 or 15 minutes, which is always the case when you get to guest list. I, I said, look, I'm on Osu Manura's guest list and he's like okay well uh you're not on here i said well let me call him i'm like okay uh Olsi, i've got some i'm not on the list he went no 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 you're on demarcus ware's list i'm right. like yes Come on, <laughs> let's get involved so i'm on uh the guest list of demarcus ware obviously uh defensive lineman outside linebacker for the cowboys and the Denver broncos so we get in there and I take my, we were wearing about 20 layers because it was freezing. So I take all my clobber off and I'm just there in a shirt, jeans and trainers. I put all my stuff down and someone lifted my Super Bowl ticket stub. That's right. And I, as you know, I, I love the Super Bowl ticket stub. I come home, I get it framed and I put it in the, on the office wall. And I've got this gap from that Super Bowl in Minnesota. And my brother managed to find me a pristine mint condition Super Bowl ticket stub to fill the collection so far. So I thought that is an awesome present. I said, "Oh, did you know? How oh, did you know I needed this ticket stub?" He went, "Because I went into your office last year and there was a gap." I'm like, "Oh man, that is class." That is very thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. So very I, very thoughtful. I so the, the 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 collection can can keep running and hopefully it will continue after Miami fingers crossed. Uh, but we had an eventful Christmas, Darren, because. Late on into Christmas afternoon, my parents were here, Tessie's mum was here, and they're all deaf. Now, not, not completely deaf, partially deaf. So they all <laughs> right, have an ear in their head, right? Right, right. And we've just finished Christmas dinner, we've pulled the crackers, and then all of a sudden I realised that everyone's getting a little bit louder. Everyone's starting to shout at each other. And I'm like, hang on, hang on, stop. What's going on? Why are you shouting at me, mum? Sylvia, why are you shouting at me, dad? And why are you all shouting at each other? What? What? <laughs> what are you saying? All their human aid batteries died at exactly the same time. You're joking. And the chemist, you try and find a chemist on Christmas Day. Are they special batteries then? Yeah, they're, they're like the the size of literally a pinhead. But you can't stick yeah. a double A in, can you, really? Oh, mate, it was absolute carnage. So, so like what did that. you do then? What did you, what did you do? Just speak no louder? Or did, did you manage to find any? No, no other option but to turn the TV up up to 11 and just let them shout it. <laughs> Dear me. It was carnage, Darren. Absolutely. But apart it? from that, everyone was on good form. The girls had a great time. The missus had a great time. Gave her everything she wanted, of course. Of course, of course. Uh, but that was it. Yeah, it was good. And then, obviously, which seamlessly takes us on to Wild Card Weekend. Could we have asked for better games, Darren? Well, all I'll say is we, we predicted this, and we were unanimous on this um, for the last month or so of the regular season, that we were about to enter a playoff run for the ages because there are so many good teams. And we, was, we said and we, we were adamant that we would get surprises, which I think we did with the Minnesota Vikings beating the, the New Orleans Saints. I don't think many people saw that coming. But when you look at the standard of the player on the roster of, of Minnesota, it's no real surprise. And, and it, it was one of those iconic, fantastic, marvellously entertaining, dramatic NFL playoff weekends. I mean, every game that we saw 
was a classic, wasn't it, in its own way? Um, it really was. And not necessarily high scoring, but drama filled. Like, I think there's one player that stood out for me over the whole of the uh, wildcard weekend. And I can't believe it, he's the one guy that stood out because he's so underrated in a way. And you'll know what I mean by that when I say the name Derek Henry. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, he was. He was unbelievable. What I would say with that, though, you know, for all of the, the hype of the New England Patriots defence, and when I do the numbers a little bit later on, both Derek Henry and the Patriots D feature in there today, so I don't want to kind of get okay. my powder wet at this stage. But what well, I would it, say... Isn't it interesting that... I, 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 I don't know about yourself, I, I think you may have been, but surprised by his performance, even though he's been under the spotlight for the whole yes. season... He's yes. the number one rusher in the league. I was still taken aback by his performance. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Why, why am I shocked at this outrageous performance? I think he had 180-odd yards yeah. where he completely demolished and made Bill Belichick rethink his defence by a running back who, A, looks slow, B, looks too physically heavy, and C, just runs straight up the middle. And those are three things that shouldn't really work in the NFL. But the man is an absolute choo-choo train. Yeah, he is. What, what, what I would say, though, you know, when people talk about his speed, you very rarely see Derrick Henry get caught from behind. Exactly. That was, that was the knock on Emmett Smith when he came out of college all those years ago. You know, the NFL's all-time leading rusher. Lacked that straight-line speed. But you never saw Emmett Smith get caught from behind. And Derrick Henry never. is the same. I think exactly. he's more nimble on his feet in the hole than people give him credit for. But the thing that surprised me was the old adage with the Bill Belichick team is they will always take away what you want to use to beat them. So whatever you're yeah. best at, they'll take it away and they'll say, right, you've got to find someone else. I was amazed that his game plan wasn't able to take away Derrick Henry so that everything then went on the shoulders of Ryan Tannehill, who mm -hmm. has been exceptional, by the way, this year. But you would fancy your chances at home with that defence, with those defensive backs, if it was all down to Tannehill. But this is the first time in a long, long time in a playoff game, in a game that really matters, that Belichick couldn't take away the one player that we all expected him to. Now, whether that's credit to the offensive line, whether it's credit to Mike Vrabel, whether it's credit to Derrick Henry or a combination of all of them, or just an off day for the Patriots' defence, I don't know. But I was astonished that they allowed Derrick Henry to be the dominant offensive player on the on the Tennessee Titans team that night, I thought they'd take him away. I was I was amazed by that. He he was absolutely phenomenal, and I hope now that they're into the uh, divisional round, I do hope that that continues because I just love the way that he plays. He lowers the shoulder, he brings the boom. He's just a complete and utter beast. And once he gets past the defensive line, you kind of know that the way that linebackers are built in this day and age, the modern era of the game, they're a lot lighter than they used to be. And you kind of think that if he gets past the linebackers, there is no way, not even the, the great Ronnie Lott could bring down, and that's a big statement from me, could bring down Derek Henry the way that he plays. He's just absolutely fearless. And there was a series of downs, Darren, where they ran the ball six, seven times in a row. You, you know, with that, though, I mean, that, that's, that's the way that, NFL backs used to be used. I mean, I, I listen to Eric Dickerson a lot uh, and he talks a great deal of sense. Eric's always one of my favourite alumni. Whenever we get the Rams over here in London and Dickerson comes over, he's always a great man to speak to. 
And he will always say to you, the only way you can have a successful running game is to keep giving the running back the ball. Eric Dickinson said, when I was playing, you know, I would, I'd get stopped for a yard, I'd gain four, I'd lose a yard, I'd break a 25-yarder. And that's the way you go. You get into a rhythm. And mm-hmm. we saw Derek Henry against the Patriots last weekend get into a genuine old-school every down back rhythm where they just kept giving him the ball. The offensive line were only going to run block. All Tannehill had to do was hand it off. He hit his straps. Taylor Luan, Jack Conklin, the rest of them were moving the Patriots defense back. And it it was almost all our yesterdays because when we first got into the NFL in the mid eighties, that was what you saw from Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson, Tony Dorsett, Roger Craig, you know, these guys, John Riggins, these guys were used like this every time you saw them play because they didn't pass as much. And it was an old-school game plan, wasn't it, to a large extent, and it paid off brilliantly for them. Yeah, it was. And when you've got a quarterback who stepped in, uh, what was it, halfway, just, just over halfway through the season, who, not necessarily lacking in confidence, but not the actual starter for the Tennessee Titans. I'm sure he will become the starter for the Tennessee Titans because Marcus Mariota, I don't think, as it stands now, is as good as Ryan Tannehill. But what the running game, when you establish the running game like that, what it enables you to do as an offense is open up the passing game. And Ryan Tannehill is actually very good at it. So- well, the, the, these, are, these aren't in my numbers, but I'm going to give you some just to, to whet the appetite for this Keep weekend. Me down, tease no, no, me. Yeah, well, I'm going to because I mean, <laughs> it's, it's very appropriate for what we're talking about now. Most points per game this season in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, 33.2 per game. The second highest scoring team in the NFL this season are the Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill as quarterback, 30.4. So in terms of that being a competitive game this weekend and Tennessee being able to go toe-to-toe with Baltimore, they genuinely can do that because they're the second highest scoring team per game when Tannehill is the quarterback. And if you look at his season, Ryan Tannehill, bearing in mind he replaced Marcus Mariota early in the competition... Um, 117.5 passer racing for Tannehill, which is the fourth best in a single season all time. 9.6 yards per attempt in the regular season for Ryan Tannehill, which is eighth all time. And 70.3 completion percentage for Ryan Tannehill, which is 11th all time. Three fantastic marks for a quarterback who seemed to come from nowhere but it does genuinely outline how good he's been and how good the Titans have been when he's been the quarterback. So I think they go into the game against Baltimore this weekend with a genuine chance to beat them. Those numbers, once again, Darren, flabbergasted. If you ask any Fumbleite, honestly, answer me this question. Who is the highest-scoring quarterback in the NFL, second-highest-scoring quarterback in the NFL? Yeah. I seriously doubt... Ryan Tannehill would be in the top five answers. Yeah, I mean, seriously, don't you? And a lot of people are looking at this game, Baltimore, Tennessee, as a mismatch in Baltimore's favour because of how effective Lamar Jackson and that multifaceted offence has been this season. But they are going to be able to go in there, Tennessee, and give them a game. They can score, they can control the clock, they can do the kind of things to Baltimore that Baltimore do to everybody else. And in, in, in Mike Vrabel, they've got a defensive mind. It might just be able to slow Baltimore down enough to give Tennessee a legitimate chance to win the game. I think the defensive backs of Tennessee are good enough to make them to make 
Lamar Jackson, second think, or is that the right? Is that right phrase? Second think. Second, second guess. Second, second guess. guess. Thank you. Yeah. Aaron. Second yeah. guess. Where he's got to throw the football. So it'll be interesting. I think we'll see Lamar Jackson run a lot. Now the, the now the other side of this is is, and I've been adamant about this pretty much all season. The New England Patriots as a dominant NFL Super Bowl caliber winning franchise, it's over. It's, yeah. it's, it's just over. There, there's no way you can dress it up. This is not an aberration. I heard someone on, on, on American radio in the last seven days make a really salient point that they basically said, and it, it sounds a bit bizarre, but if, if, you kind of, if you kind of think a little bit more deeply on it, they're right. And that is that the rot had actually set in last year. And the only thing that stopped it last year was winning the Super Bowl. And what he means by that is that you know, they kind of won the Super Bowl by running the football and playing a bit of defense. And it wasn't really down to Brady. And they kind of got it done because that's kind of the way it happened. And I see the point that's being made. This year, it was emphasized virtually from week one that they didn't have enough firepower. It, it, it's, it's an offense that needs um, it's an offense that needs upgrading. It's a quarterback that can't elevate the team in, in, in a way that he used to. I, 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 I genuinely think this is the end of the road as it is. And there's been a lot of talk in the States ever since they lost. What happens to Brady? The general consensus is now it's 50-50 whether he, he plays for New England or he goes somewhere else, that he is going to play again next year. I think it's going to be fascinating now the way that Bill Belichick views it because you get the impression that he's going to coach for a while longer. And if that's the case... He really has got to get a different quarterback and he's got to change one or two things. And it looks to me, Vern, as though this is going to be the close season where there are seismic changes for the first time in a long time in New England. And I think the time's probably come and we've got to stick a line under this now and, and, and look for the future for them. Because if you look at the AFC, so many strong offences, so many good young quarterbacks, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen's had a big year. You know, there are players who are going to come out in the draft this year who are going to be drafted by AFC teams. It's a very strong conference for young quarterbacks. And I just get the impression now that reality will set in and Belichick and Kraft and the people there in, in New England will have to now make the changes necessary. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. Now, the, you've got to look at the way that the New England Patriots have, have built this team. And they've built the team without having anything set in stone for the future. You know what I mean? There's a quarterback in the playoffs who plays for the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, who yeah. has proven himself to be an outstanding starting quarterback. Well, let's who was not... their player? Who was their he, player? He was on the roster at the New yeah. England Patriots. So it yeah. begs questions of the whole New England Patriots organisation as to if you knew this was coming, if you could foresee the future, which we all think that Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft can because it's a proven partnership, why would you let a quarterback like that go? Why would you let a quarterback move on? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Because they haven't really set themselves up for the future. And if Brady leaves... Now, as we speak today, which is Wednesday afternoon, Brady has just posted on his Instagram... The first part of it, the first two-thirds of his Instagram post, are thanking New England, the fans, yeah. the organisation, the players that he's played with. So it's a big kind of thank you very much, everything's been brilliant. And then the last third is, but the story continues. So if you look at that from the outside, it's kind of like, all right, thank you, New England. I'm not done yet, though. 
So there's questions there as to whether he's going to move on. And also, Jacoby Brissett was at the New England Patriots, who has done all right at the Indianapolis Colts. My, my, my thought on this, though, Vern, and, and, and there's got to be an, an element of practicality to all of this. Belichick has always been ruthless when it comes to personnel decisions. And we've seen this, this, this drama played out before. You know, Joe Montana didn't finish his career as a San Francisco 49er. Joe Namath left the Jets. I mean, this happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Peyton Manning ended up leaving the Colts and winning another Super Bowl with Denver. It happens to a lot of quarterbacks. (laughs) Right. But what I would say is the only reason to keep Brady in New England beyond this year is if you genuinely believe you can win the Super Bowl with him next year. And when you look at the strength of the teams in the AFC, the Patriots look a long way behind Baltimore. They look a long way behind uh, Kansas City. They are behind Tennessee because we saw that at the weekend. And there are other franchises who are improving quite quickly in the AFC. Well, if Darren, you don't think that you can win the Super Bowl next year with Tom Brady, then the time has to be now to make the change. He's a free agent. And if you're going to start from scratch, you may as well do it sooner rather than later in a league where you know, you, you can turn it round, but you do need a period of time to make it work. And I think it, it just feels like the right time and looks like the right time for them. Yeah, I, 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 as always, Darren, I completely agree. But what it still confuses me as to why you wouldn't have a quarterback that you believe in, a young quarterback that you believe in. Yes. Why would you not keep him on your roster and let him learn from who is a guy who is obviously the best quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers? seamlessly slipped into the Packers' side, seamlessly slipped under centre once Brett Favre has moved on. It's, it's a formula that works. If you can learn an offence from the previous quarterback and learn all the way the intricacies of running an offence, then surely that benefits everyone, including fans and, yeah. the, and the owner and everyone else involved. All I, all I would say with, with the Garoppolo situation, it's different to, to Rodgers and Favre, just simply because of the timing. That... Mm. The, the Garoppolo needed a new contract. He needed to be paid. Yeah. So, so the, the New England Patriots at that stage would have had to pay two quarterbacks starting quarterback money if they yeah. wanted to keep Garoppolo. That means that the rest of the roster would have been threadbare. Would have been yeah. a similar situation to what we're seeing with the Rams at the moment, who yeah. have got that many superstars under contract. They can't actually be competitive across the board. That, that, was, that was a timing thing. And, and the problem you've got with someone like Brady, of course, is that he's left such a legacy you have to leave him to the point where you've got to make the change before you make it. You can't yeah. be ruthless with him. He's gone on and won Super Bowls since Jimmy Garoppolo's been traded to the San Francisco 49ers. So they've yeah. been proven right to yeah. keep Brady because there's no guarantee Garoppolo would have won one for them. Brady has. But yeah, the problem yeah. is now, if you're going to... Yeah. You, you've now got to make the move. You, you've got to make the move because if you bring him back now, are you not just prolonging the rebuild, if you don't think you can win the Super Bowl next year. And, and let's be honest, they were a mile off this year. The defence isn't as good as, the, as it's been built up. You know, they no. feasted on some really bad teams in the early weeks of the season, which gave them record-setting numbers. But the reality is, when they played against good teams, they've conceded lots of points. The offence hasn't been able to score points. And they've got a lot of problems to fill on that, on that roster. And it, it's more than just Tom Brady. And I think if they are going to keep Brady, they've got to pay Brady. By paying Brady, that makes the rest of it more difficult too. I, I just, I don't see how they can do it. I genuinely don't. Unless, unless <clears throat> Belichick and Kraft 
feel that this year was was an aberration and that they can play at a higher level with pretty much what they've got next year and make a deep run again. If, if they feel that, I could see Brady playing for New England next year. If they don't feel that, I would think the practical side of Bill Belichick would enforce that change. I get it. I, I really do. But I just think that if you want to stop, collect your thoughts and regroup, and if, you, if, if Robert Kraft is 100% sure that Bill Belichick is still his head coach for the future... Well, that's a given. Yeah, it, all right, it is a given. That's a given. But, but, Darren, it's the NFL, and there are very few things in the NFL that are a given, and I will that give... One I will, <laughs> that one is. That one is. Of course yeah. it is. But we, we, any, every NFL fan knows that the NFL as a league is a constant revolving door. One team is good for one period of time, maybe a year, maybe two years, three years. The New England Patriots have been consistently good for a very, very long time. And on the fumble, we've discussed many, many reasons as to why that may be. But surely it's always at the back of your mind. We will, at some point, need to rebuild this team. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's something that a lot of people forget is you can't become complacent in the NFL. And I'm not saying they have. But you always have to have at the back of your mind, we need to rebuild. We need to rebuild. Once the Do you know what, though, Vern? You know the reality once, here? Once the rookie contract is done, you yeah. have to start paying guys a lot of money. But, but the reality here is that he wasn't very good this year either. So, yeah. so maybe the New England season is based around the fact that they've had substandard quarterback play for what they need. So maybe they can actually improve the position via free agency, the state that the stage that Brady's at. I know yeah. it sounds crazy to criticise the goat, but, yeah. but the end comes to everyone. And yeah. when you watch him in the games where he plays against a, a good defense, a quick defense, without the weapons to to elevate him, he looks a bang average NFL starting quarterback with very little arm strength, zero mobility. So he needs a really good cast of receivers, running backs, a really strong offensive line to elevate his play, where it's always been the opposite, that he was elevating everybody else. And also, look at it from his standpoint. If he's going to go through another training camp and he's, he's going to play again next year at the age he's at with the career he's had, surely he wants a legitimate chance to win. And he might look at the New England roster and say, we can't win here anymore. This is finished. It's been a great ride, but it's over. And if I'm going to play on, I need to try and put myself in a position where I've got a better roster and I can win a Super Bowl. And maybe that, maybe he looks at it a little bit more selfishly because let's not forget how much money, Vern, over the years has he deferred so that oh. New England can spend it on other players? Mate, I don't, I, don't, I don't I, Exactly. I don't know what's going to happen when he leaves the New England Patriots, but I have a funny feeling that Robert Kraft is going to open the checkbook and say, Tom... Thank you so much for your loyal service yeah, for yeah. almost or nearly or over 20 years. Um, we've not got you a carriage clock, but I'm going to write you a cheque for £250 million because that's the money that you've deferred over the last yeah. 20 years. Surely that has to happen. Well, I, but, but, but you've kind of opened up one of the problems again that, that, would, that would prevent him staying there because if Brady stays, Brady's going to cost you... $30 million next year? Yeah. $40 million next year? He's yeah. not going to give the Patriots any more discounts. He no. now wants proper Tom Brady money to sign yeah. for next year. And they yeah. need 
wide receivers. They need they need players. They, yeah. they need salary cap space, and they can't go and gobble it all up on Tom Brady because they're just defeating the object of we've got to try and get better. Darren, listen to this. Like the, the reason why I was laughing during the last bit when you were explaining uh, earlier on is I just had a vision of whatever team he may go to. Yeah. Right? Imagine you're the receptionist and you're on the front desk of whatever franchise you're on the front desk of, right? And you've had a pretty shoddy season because there's no way he's going to go to a playoff team, this, one, of, one of this year's playoff teams. Because you don't got, think? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I think they've all got pretty decent franchise quarterbacks, right? So you've been mediocre and then this car pulls up Outsteps Tom Brady with his duffel bag. The revolving door starts spinning and he comes to you and he says, hi, Tom Brady, where's the changing room, please? (laughs) (laughs) It'd be absolutely outrageous. And then he goes into the locker room and the equipment guy stood there. Hey, Tom, uh, what size feet are you? Hey, Tom, what helmet would you like? (laughs) It's outrageous that Tom Brady would rock up at a franchise. And you'd be like, holy sweet Mary Jesus, mother of God, Tom Brady is about to take to our practice field. But I I, I think there are. No, it's it's not because there are landing spots for it. Imagine being a part of that front. Imagine being the woman in the canteen. Okay, okay, okay. What is he goes to Indianapolis? Well, it's, They've had Peyton Manning in the building for 12 years. They won't be faced by Brady walking in. Hey, They're not bothered. Listen, I'm not starting that argument. Peyton Manning wipes the shit off Tom Brady's shoes, as far as I'm concerned, right? We're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time rocking up in Indianapolis. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If, if, charges. It's if, outrageous. If, if you have that conversation in Indianapolis, you'll get an entirely different answer. Oh, so what I'm what I'm saying is that there's a situation here where there are oh. the fact the facts of the matter are there are good landing spots for him. Yeah, there are. There are good landing spots for him. So I can't. I just don't want to see him in any uniform other than a Patriots uniform. Well, and I, I, I think in in all honesty, like Darren, you do a lot of football, right? And you've done football for a very very long time, and you know all too well when a footballer gets to that stage of their career where they can't do what they used to be able to do. They can't do the stuff that made them great. And I think Tom Brady has to seriously, seriously, seriously sit down with his family, most importantly, and say, listen, I'm almost 45 years old. Do I want to take a risk 16 weeks of the year, now that I'm at the back end of my career? Is it worth it having been to nine Super Bowls and winning six? What, What does he need? What more does he need? But he doesn't need anything. But the reason why he's lasted so long and been to nine Super Bowls is that that's inherently inside him. Of course he, he, is. Won't, he won't lose that. Leader. He won't he's lose that this summer, will he? And a yeah. natural-born leader. And I saw something in that Tennessee game where a couple of players didn't go how they were supposed to go. And you could just tell he was so frustrated that he didn't have the players around him to make him look good. Let to me- make quarterback that he is. Let me put this to you then. Okay. Uh, so think back to Super Bowl 50, right? Yeah. The, yeah. The Denver Broncos beat the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. 
I would say, I don't know whether you agree, that Tom Brady has a lot more left in his tank now than Peyton Manning had then. Oh, I think Peyton Manning will talk. I mean, Peyton Manning said it in his post-game interview. Right, right. I had the worst game of my career. Right, right. And he also had a pretty poor, se- pretty poor season, didn't he? Where yeah. he was he taken out. It. He was taken out for Brock Osweiler going into the playoffs. Yeah. And he got the starting job back. And they won that game that night because Von Miller, awesome. DeMarcus Ware, etc., had brilliant nights. Yeah. What I'm saying is, if he can find the right situation, Brady, he's still got enough left to be a, a player that can take you to the Super Bowl. He yeah. could still be the missing piece. The reason why I mentioned the Colts is they've got possibly the best offensive line in the league, or they're certainly pretty close to it. They've got a deep threat receiver in T.Y. Hilton. They've got tight ends. They've got a decent defense. They've just yeah. got a bit of a flaky quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. You know, they can run the ball as well. Yeah. He might look at that situation and go, you know what? Me in that system with those players, I've got a better chance to win a Super Bowl than what I've got here at the moment with this team. Yeah. I, the only point I'm trying to make is that there might just be a situation out there for him that really turns him on. He might yeah. want to win one without Belichick. Belichick yeah. might want to try and win one without Brady. Yeah, so that was you, a good point, by the way, that you that, raised last, last time we did a, a Fumble podcast. It's a very good point. They both want to win without... Without, yeah, because you never want to be saying, well, you want it because you, could, you want it with him. Well, no, I yeah. want it. Yeah, 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 but you want it with him. It dilutes what he did. Yeah. When you look at Man United, it's always about Ferguson. Yeah. Always about oh. Ferguson. Never Ferguson and Rooney, it's Ferguson. Never Ferguson yeah. and Keane, Ferguson. Yeah. This this situation, I, I think it's fa- it's fascinating. And also fascinating. This is the, this is a mad thing to say, but if you think about it, it, it it's quite relevant. Jim Irsay, the owner of the uh, Indianapolis Colts, he's a massive collector of memorabilia. <laughs> like I'm a memorabilia nerd myself. You know that all too well, Darren. Right? Yes. But he loves memorabilia he loves historical physical pieces of time and what better it's the ultimate piece of memorabilia to have tom brady playing for your team it is without a shadow of doubt it's it the ultimate yeah for a collection you, of history you, yeah you think about it too we've got the raiders going into las vegas and we've got the Chargers going into la yeah both of them need to be able to sell seat licenses tickets become relevant in their area the Rams have got LA sewn up, so I don't know what the Chargers are going to do to try and become relevant in that and city. And the Super Bowl in 2022 is going to be in LA. Right. Then you've got the Raiders going into Vegas, where we don't know whether they're going to be too bothered about the NFL or not in Las Vegas yet because of everything else that goes on there. So mm. they're, they're two franchises as well who, if the Chargers roll into the brand-new LA stadium with Tom Brady under centre, or the, the, the Raiders rock up into Las Vegas with Brady in the silver and black, that changes immediately the perception of those two teams in their city. Yeah. So they, they've also got a vested interest and maybe a necessity to certainly go and investigate whether having him on board is a, possi- is a possibility. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah no, I know I agree. I, I, also, I... also, mate, would, would John Elway, having had success doing this with Peyton Manning, not consider sitting Drew Locke for another two seasons, who he's got oh, under yeah. contract anyway, and stick Brady in to try and get back what they had with Peyton Manning and go and do another one. Because their defence is still decent. They've got Cortland Sutton. They've got a decent running game. The, the, the quarterback plays let them down. 
Like, I don't think there's a more under-pressure general manager in the NFL than John Elway. I yeah. think he's made some, quite frankly, ridiculous, ridiculous moves. So finish this off then, Vern. Get your crystal ball out, or both of them. Right. Where will he be? What's he going to do? I, after reading what he's posted on Instagram, I, I was hoping that he would stay a New England Patriot to the very, very, very end of his career. But after reading what he's posted, I think he's decided it's time to move on. And I don't think he'll be a New England Patriot at the start of the new season. And will you be able to take that as a Brady fan? Will you be okay with as that? As a Brady fan, I... Because you're not a, a Patriot Brady, fan, you're a Brady fan, aren't you? Yeah, as a Brady fan, exactly, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. As a Tom Brady fan right now, I think he should walk away from the game. Right. I, I think he should have walked away in Atlanta with his sixth ring and said, you know what, guys? Gronk's leaving. He's been a, a huge part of my success. Uh, Julian, you've been brilliant. Bill, of course, and Mr. Kraft, thank you for everything you've done. I walk away, the greatest quarterback of all time and a six-time Super Bowl winner. There's nothing else he needs. He should have walked away at the end of the last Super Bowl. In hindsight. Hey, another, another thing we need to touch on, there's been a few coaching changes. I mean, we don't know a great deal about Matt Rule, the, the Baylor coach who's gone in it. Carolina, other than the fact he's getting between 60 and $70 million for about seven years. So he needs to do a good job. Um, and Joe Judge, who I don't think many, many of us have really heard of, the wide receivers coach from the Patriots, who somehow gets the Giants job. I don't really get that. <laughs> but Mike McCarthy to Dallas. I, was, I, I went on record on this podcast about a month ago, and I said I was convinced it would be a college coach. I mentioned Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley, these kind of people. But he's gone... Totally the other way, Jerry Jones, an experienced um, ham and eggs type of character who won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers, isn't flashy, isn't flamboyant, but has a track record as a, a head coach in the NFL. In hindsight, you know, I quite like it. I think the biggest thing he'll do is he'll continue to make Dak Prescott better. He made Aaron Rodgers better as a, as a Green Bay Packer in terms of mechanics, etc. And he'll do the same with Dak Prescott. And in hindsight... I think Jerry Jones has looked at this and thinks, you know what? We're not a million miles away from winning. We need someone that's going to enable us to take the next step. And I think Mike McCarthy's a pretty good hire. I agree. I agree. I think it, where the Cowboys are at, I think they had a head coach that was inexperienced in taking a team to the next level. They were always bang average. I think Jason Garrett took them to the playoffs twice. Correct me if I'm wrong. It might have been once. I think it was twice. Um, but I think in Mike McCarthy, he took the Green Bay Packers to the playoffs nine seasons of his 12 when he was there, which is phenomenal. And I think that's what the Cowboys need. We know, we've talked many, many times on this podcast, they've got the personnel. It's there. Yeah. They maybe need one or two defensive players, but as far as offensive weapons go, it's all there. It's ready to go. It's experienced. It knows what it's doing. You said it many, many, I think the first season of, of the fumble, you said that Dak Prescott just needs to dial in an extra 15 20%, and then he'll be the complete package. And I think Mike McCarthy, like you said, he's the kind of guy that can do it. I'm glad that he's gone for experience because if Jerry Jones had picked someone like an Urban Meyer or another college coach and it wasn't successful, Cowboys fans would just be so irate that they would kind of call it a day on America's team because they would have had no choice. That team needs to be successful with the players that they've got. They drafted consistently to get themselves a better offensive line, and it's not come to fruition. They're great players, yes, but as a team, 
They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and that is win. Simple as that. I think he could probably handle Jerry Jones better than others would as well, which I think is a really important thing when you're the head coach of the Cowboys. I think the reason why Jason Garrett stayed there for so long and Bill Parcells was before him, men that can handle Jerry Jones and deal with him being an owner is going to speak to the media seven days a week and he's going to be involved in absolutely everything. I think if you've got the kind of mentality where you can handle that and not be, you know, not be too concerned about him interfering, I think that gives you a better opportunity to succeed in Dallas as well. And you'd expect McCarthy to be able to do that, wouldn't you, with his experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And every time I think of the Dallas Cowboys, I just, I just think of the opening titles of Dallas. That was the one thing yeah. I looked forward to. Apart from who shot JR, I just wanted to see that shot of Texas Stadium. That was iconic. And, and yeah. you know what? Well, I've still not been there. Have you been to Dallas Cowboys Stadium? Yes. The first Super Bowl I covered was Packers-Steelers in Dallas. And we, we, we drove past where the original Texas Stadium was. And it's out in Arlington. So it's literally, there's the, the Cowboys Stadium, the car park. And then on the other side of the car park is where the Texas Rangers play baseball. So two, two huge stadiums right next to each other that just kind of loom out of there, um, which is on the outskirts of Dallas. It's probably 20 minutes away from the Dallas metropolis, as they call it. And it's, it's, it's out in the sticks. But it's, 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 it's fantastic. It's as ridiculous as it looks on telly. Yeah, it is. I mean, the biggest thing you... The biggest thing you notice when you're in there is the size of the Jumbotron, which which is so big. I mean, it, they had the NBA All-Star game there and, and the, the screen that, that hangs from the ceiling was actually longer than the basketball court. So you can imagine <laughs> how big it is. It's, it's, it's ginormous. What I'd say, though, if you went there now, having been to places like Tottenham and whatever, you'd say, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe things are starting to catch up. But it is. They don't call it the Jones Mahal for nothing, do they? I mean, it's fantastic. Exactly. exactly. Everything's high end. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, am I right in saying that when you get to that stadium, yeah. that you can buy a ticket that doesn't necessarily give you a seat, but it gives you a ticket to enable you to walk around one of the concourses where there's loads of bars and restaurants and and not necessarily a viewing platform. So you can watch the game in a bar, but yet the bar is in the stadium. Is that yeah, right? Kind, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's mental. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Well, in Dallas, during NFL season, all anybody wants to do is be associated in some way with the Dallas Cowboys. Right. You know, it's, 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 it is literally, I mean, they say football is religion in Texas. And in Dallas, you know, they pray at the altar of Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. That's kind of the way it is. And they've got a, a, a training facility that literally is second to none. It looks outrageous. I mean, which, which is a village pretty much in itself. It's called the yeah. Star and it's pretty much a village now. It's, it's, yeah. it's more than... More than a training complex now. If you've it's, not yet seen the Dallas Cowboys all or nothing, highly recommended. It gives you a real good insight into the Cowboys, the facility, uh, and everything that goes on there in Texas. All right, Darren, we've done wildcard weekend. We've bigged up Derek Henry. We've talked about Brady's future. We've done Jerry Jones and uh, McCarthy. Let's talk about this divisional weekend. Let's talk about these teams because we, we, we've said all along that this playoff run is going to be a shootout. They've been relatively low scoring at the moment, but we've gone into overtime a couple of times and it's been intriguing. I think this playoff run so far is all about the coaches. It's about who can out-coach and out-fox the opponent. Look at who'd have thought that Cousins would have outplayed Drew Brees. No one, really. Let's no. be Let's be honest. So how do you think this weekend is going to pan out, Darren? I think two, for me, are pretty straightforward. 
And those two would be, I think the 49ers beat the Vikings on grass, outside, offered by relatively easily. And I think the Chiefs offered by with the, with the, the performances that they were giving towards the back end of the regular season, particularly from the defence. Um, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, so that's not a problem. But I think the Chiefs and the 49ers win comfortably. The other two, I think, could be really tight games. I think there's every chance the Seahawks go into Lambeau and beat the, beat the Packers. And I also feel that the Ravens-Titans game is going to be a lot tighter, as I explained earlier, than, than people are, are suggesting. You know, Tennessee at 9-7 and seven against the Ravens at 14-2, and two, it looks a mismatch, but I don't think it'll be that way. Mm. Um, so, two are straightforward. I think San Francisco and, and, and Kansas City are certainties for the championship uh, weekend. But I think Seahawks, Packers and Titans, Ravens are really tough to call. And you, and you, you kind of undermined my statement saying that when I saw... I said that Aaron Rodgers looked really comfortable calling the shots under centre in the last couple of weeks of the regular season. You're like, no, oh, they've not got it all. They've not got it all. Not got it all. But no, no, no you see, there's a possibility. There's a possibility that Aaron um, could be in the mix. It'd be interesting to see. Really interesting to see. I, um, I, I, just, I just like Wilson in that game. You know, you know because I, yeah. think it, I think it's going to be close. Yeah. And whenever Russell Wilson's in a close game, I think Russell Wilson's going to win. He's yeah. just that kind of player. You know, the one that can... You think if you're struggling, he'll find the drive. He'll, he'll, he'll get you down there somehow, whether it's with his legs or with a throw or whatever it is, he'll get you down there. And I just think he could be the difference in Lambeau. I'm fascinated by the Titans-Ravens game. I really am. If, if that is a blowout for Baltimore, I won't be shocked. But if the Titans win, I won't be shocked. I, I, yeah. I don't know what to get with that. If, if they get 150 yards from Derrick Henry again this weekend, Tennessee, they're right in the mix. Yeah. So, and, and and how does Lamar Jackson play, Vern, with the extra pressure of, of the playoffs? Well, exactly. He's only you 23. Know, exactly. Years old. So, yeah. Hey, but here's an interesting, uh, interesting uh, thought. So, obviously, the Baltimore Ravens have Lamar Jackson. They got Mark Ingram as their actual mainstay running back, but it's come predominantly uh, a running offense either from the quarterback or the running back. So, in practice, that defence sees a lot of runs. The Tennessee Titans, predominantly a run team with Derek Henry. Uh, Derek Henry at the back behind Ryan Tannehill. It's predominantly a run offence. So, their defence just defends constantly, in practice, Derek Henry. It's going to be really, really intriguing to see which defence steps up because they're both used to, in practice, defending the run. I can't wait to see how these defences handle their opposing offences. That's what's going to be exciting. Forget the shootout that we're expecting. Forget Ryan Tannehill being... What did you? What was your stats? The second highest scoring quarterback... Well, in no, the, they are the second highest scoring team in team the NFL since after, he became the starter there, after, after Baltimore. The Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Yeah. So I can't wait to see which defence steps up because they both practice against the exact same weapons that the opposing offence is going to bring to the game. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I know exactly where you're coming from, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to pose the same problems. And I also look at the two of them. Baltimore have had momentum all season. But Tennessee have got fresh momentum. You know, they finished the regular season so well. Yeah. They then go into New England and win. Yeah. They are like a snowball rolling down a hill. That every win that comes, they get more belief. Derrick Henry's running as well as anybody in the league. Tannehill's not turning the ball over. Vrabel is a very, very good young head coach. You know, they've, they've 
They also won't be concerned by the conditions. You know, they play on grass where it can be a little bit damp at times. Mm -hmm. So they've got an offense that can cope with that. You know, if you go into Baltimore in, in January and you are a dome team, you've got a problem because you're playing on a soggy, wet track that slows you down and you've got to change your offense. Tennessee will go in there and say, well, we can run it regardless of what we're going to do. Yeah. And we'll take the big shot down the field to A.J. Brown when we get the chance. A lot of it stacks up that Tennessee can be very competitive in there. So I, I, I'm trying to talk myself into tipping Tennessee to win. I can tell. I, 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 can can't, quite, I can't quite do it because Baltimore have I been can, so good. I was just thinking that. I'm thinking Darren likes a bit of the Tennessee Titans here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, only because exactly what you just said. What they do is exactly what they need to do. They're not going to change anything. They've just got to go in there and be them. And what's the best way to beat Lamar Jackson? Keep him off the field. What's the best way to keep him off the field? Run the ball. The ball. Control the clock. And they can do it. Yeah. They can do it. They can do to Baltimore this weekend what Baltimore have done to everybody else. Yeah. They can Baltimore, Baltimore. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. And, 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 you know what it's like? Top-end sport, the margins are so fine. Yeah. Confidence is such a big thing. Yeah. So Ryan Tannehill at the minute has confidence like he's never felt in his yeah. professional career. Derrick Henry is the same. And the thing is, mate, they go in there with no pressure. Yeah. Baltimore have got to win. Baltimore are the best team in the NFL. Everybody's told them that all season long. Yeah. Nobody gives Tennessee a chance. They can walk in there. There's no pressure. They can play their game. Nobody thinks they're going to win, apart from me. Nobody <laughs> thinks they're going to win. They're in a great position going into this weekend. Yeah. This is, the, this is the, the, the Tennessee first drive, right? They get the ball either off, after kickoff or a turnover or a score from Baltimore. They run it up the middle. They run a screen. They run it around the outside. Then Tannehill throws. Three runs. Yeah. First down, then a throw. That's what's going to happen because you need to establish that running game against that Baltimore defense because they've got very, very good DBs. DBs that score points. I so, think if if they control the clock, I think they win the game. Yeah. If they, if they can, Don't say anymore. Don't say anymore. If they win time of possession, Perfect. I think they can win. Perfect. So there you go. We've laid it on the line. We think yep. the Tennessee Titans have got a chance after I yeah. caught the Ravens early on at the beginning of the season. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Shall uh, I give him my numbers? Because they're quite appropriate at this stage. Hit. I've only got four. I've got four of them. The last one, as I said, I think is my best nugget of the year. So the first one, 
It's with regard to Seattle against Green Bay. I've just said that I think Seattle may well go in there and win. The numbers tell you that's not the case. The Seahawks have lost eight games in a row against the Packers at Lambeau Field, dating back to 1999. Wow. A 20-year run, Seattle can't win in Lambeau. So if you're thinking about your, your little fiver this weekend, that might be the way to go. You mentioned Derek Henry last week against yep. New England. He had 182 yards rushing, which is the most by any player versus the New England Patriots in the Bill Belichick era. No way! Yep, the most. That is a classic stat. And that's my best of the day, by the way. Oh, I love that. 182 yeah. yards by yeah. one single player yeah. is the most that any single player has ever achieved under Bill Belichick. Uh, New England, yeah. New England. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good start. Here's another one for you. Patriots um, related. We talk about the defence. I've had me doubts about it all year. When the Patriots' D concedes fewer than 20 points this season, they are unbeaten. When they concede more than 20 points this season, they are winless. Just, just diagnose that. Just goes to show you, doesn't it? You get a past 20, you beat New England because the offence can't go with them. That is scary. Right, now here's the, one, here's the, here's the start of the year. Right, you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the nugget of the year. This is only for you. Right. The last three teams... It's <laughs> brilliant, this. The yeah. last three teams to lose a fumble on the opening kickoff of a playoff game yeah. went on to win the Super Bowl, Right. No, no, listen, it gets better. The Baltimore Ravens in 2012, yeah. the Seattle Seahawks in 2013, and the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. <laughs> Adam Thielen yeah. fumbled the opening kickoff last Sunday against New Orleans. Oh, my gosh. Right? The last three teams to lose a fumble on the opening kickoff of a playoff game went on to win the Super Bowl. Ravens 2012, Seahawks 2013, Eagles 2017. Adam Thielen of the Minnesota Vikings fumbled the opening kickoff last Sunday oh. against the Saints. So, if it follows through, Minnesota wins Super Bowl 54 based on that nugget alone. Oh, my gosh. There's your nugget. That is... Where the hell did you find that? <laughs> There's your nugget. That's the one. That That's the one. I can I can I can hear the clicking and the swiping of people on their on their betting apps. <laughs> can you believe that though? Having what a, a start. That is nuts. Who sits there and thinks? I wonder what's happened when people fumble the opening kickoff. Who oh, sits oh. there and wants to go through all that? And that's why we love this sport because there's no stone ever 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 unturned. No. That the last the three teams to lose a fumble on the opening kickoff of the playoff game won the Super Bowl, and Minnesota did it against New Orleans. And wow. by the way, they're off to a decent start because not many of us thought they were going to win there, by the way. Hey, Neil Reynolds, I know you're listening. You can have that one on Sunday. <laughs> that is a classic. That is a class. <laughs> brilliant. That's my favourite one of the year. That's a nugget. Yeah, the nugget that, of all nuggets. That is a gem. Uh, Darren, I don't think we should do a pick six because we've literally picked apart everything that is topical in the NFL. I think so. I just think we need to make sure we're back next week to dissect it all. Oh. 100%. 100%. Well, we had a great Christmas and we're back by dope demand and uh, it's been awesome. Uh, yes, it has. Really enjoyed it. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to go and have a cup of tea and digest that last one. 
Who, by the way, Adam Thielen had a great game. He did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he had a great game. But let's leave what, it there. Darren, what about? What, by the way, what about DK Metcalf of Seattle, who they were starting to compare with Calvin Johnson at the yeah. weekend? He's a beast, and I also Big, fast, strong. I also like Brown at Tennessee. I think he is, he is he is an absolute monster. And I love the fact that we're talking about two wide receivers who are big, strong athletes. And can I tell you something? Both well, of them were still on the board when New England drafted Nikhil Harry. Uh, they can't uh, spot a wide out if it hits them in the face, can they? Uh, <laughs> and, and, hey! Hey, and you just hit another gem, another absolute gem. The guy who's in charge of the wide receivers is now the coach of the New York Titans. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. That's the perfect end. Oh, by the way, it's not the perfect end. We've got to mention something. We we oh, yes, you know we, 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 we get criticized sometimes for giving love to the NFL office because we've got a long and and and, and loving relationship with those guys in there. We think the world of them and they do a brilliant job for, for this sport in our country and beyond. Mm. And when you, you, you think about feel-good stories today, we've all read the terrible, uh, the terrible story about the former Leeds Rhinos rugby league player, uh, Rob Burrow, who's, who's battling motor neurone disease. He's a massive Seattle Seahawks fan. And Richard Graves went up there today under the proviso that he was going to do an interview about Jamie Jones-Buchanan's testimonial, which is happening this weekend, which, by the way, is raising money for... Um, a charity that, that will donate money towards investigation into a cure for motor neurone disease. And when he got there to do the interview, he didn't realise that Richard was going to present him with a Seattle Seahawk game cap, a Russell Wilson jersey, and to inform him that the NFL were taking Rob to Super Bowl 54 in Miami as their guest. And when, if, if you get to see the clip on the television or, or on social media... His face, he cannot believe it. It's brilliant. The fellow's been through so much. He's so brave. He's spoken out about it. To see him react the way that he did when, when Richard told him what the NFL were going to do for him was magical. Well done to the people in the NFL office for doing that. Well done for Richard to Richard for, for delivering it the way that he did. And I just hope Rob has a fantastic time over there. I know he will. Oh, we know for a fact he will, and an absolute champion in the game. Yes. Uh, a neuron disease. Uh, you know, Doddy Weir, the Scottish international rugby player, he's got multi-neuron disease, and he's doing a lot at the moment with his foundation uh, to try and find a cure and find out yeah. what multi-neuron disease is all about. And it, it's probably um, one of the worst uh, diseases that, that that we see in modern... My, my cousin's got multi-neuron disease, and, and she's she's gone, like... Uh, it's just so rapid, the decline in a human yeah. being wants to catch it. And it, it, it's not nice to see. But congratulations to the NFL. Uh, he will have a phenomenal time because we know, Darren, and we talk about it many, many times, it is, without doubt, the single most entertaining, thrilling, exciting sporting event in the world. Without, yep. without doubt. I'll second that. Yeah. Uh, so... Just quickly, diary for the next couple of weeks or the next week, where you're up to? Not a great deal. We've got no midweek games coming up, so we're nice and free for the fumble next week. Champions League doesn't start till after the Super Bowl. I think we've got a busy... There's a week towards the end of January, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where we've got BT Sport Premier League matches on all three nights. But then it's off to Miami to enjoy the festivities. But for now, relatively low-key, week to week, Crystal Palace-Arsenal this weekend, and not a great deal more. 
And uh, Liverpool have got it in the bag, right? Sure. Yes. Oh, absolutely. But what they, for everybody's entertainment, they should give them the trophy this year and start a little mini competition the rest of the way to get us all interested again. They yeah. are one of the one of the hey, all-time hey, great hey, teams. Hey, remember when Bet Fred? <laughs> yeah. Remember when Bet Fred? It's a Fred safe this year. I can tell you that. Cleared his debts very early on when Manchester yeah. United were in the running for the title. Yeah. <laughs> there is a legit. That, that this is this is the. Believe me, this is legitimately one of the great sides of our generation. It's brilliant. You, you think it's up there with one of Fergie's greatest teams? Yeah, I do, yeah. I think to, to actually receive to receive that officially, they've got to do it over multiple seasons, which is what Alex's teams were great at doing. Yeah, I, really. I thought that was a good point that you raised. I think, I can't remember what game I was watching, but you, you and Macker had that conversation saying that yeah. obviously you've got to do it multiple times. Yeah, you have. But I think for, for a group of players... To achieve what they're achieving at the moment, I mean, don't forget they're the European champions, they're the world champions. They're about to win the Premier League. I mean, the the, the gigantic competitions. They're my favourite to win the Champions League again this year. I think they're going to be so hard to beat over two legs, and that's a competition that only Real Madrid, for the last fifteen or twenty years, have been able to retain. Such a difficult trophy to retain. And bear this this in mind as well. I, I don't know what the figures are off the top of my head, but it's extremely rare that a team wins its own domestic league title and the Champions League in the same season because you have to put so much in to win one or the other. There's a legitimate chance here this season that Liverpool might well do that and that would put them into a very special category of team. Manchester United did it, Real Madrid have done it, but it doesn't happen very often is the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. They were phenomenal at the weekend though in the, uh, in the FA Cup. Was it the FA Cup? Yeah, who, 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 played Everton. They played Everton with the reserves, didn't they? Really? Everton, yeah. The, the thing is, though, what 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 I've noticed, and and I'm not the only person that, that's seen this. I mean, anybody who watches Liverpool will say the same. The way they've changed from playing at a million miles an hour with a high press and loads of energy, heavy metal football that, that Jurgen Klopp called it. They don't mm. do that anymore. They now just control the match. They, yeah. they they play the game at whatever tempo they want to play it at. You have to tailor your game to fit them. They've become the masters at setting the pace, controlling the game, keeping the ball. And it's, it's been phenomenal, really, the development they've taken as a team over the last two or three seasons from where they were to where they are now. Jurgen Klopp's just class, though, isn't he? Unbelievable. Yeah, okay. unbelievable. Like, what, 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 like when, you, when, when Des Clark, is it, what's the guy, Des Kelly? When Des, Des Kelly goes yeah. into the tunnel yeah. and you guys throw to him, either yourself or Gary, for the post-game interviews, uh, it, it, like you said that Frank has given a new perspective uh, for managers because you know him, he gives you the inside scoop on the players and this, that and the other. What's, what's Jürgen like from the inside? Jürgen is just, yeah, Jürgen is a top guy. He wears his heart on his sleeve. What you see is what you get. He's very helpful, very passionate. He's a likeable fella. Um, he's got a great sense of humour. He's one of the managers that you would root for because he, yeah. he, will, he will help you to do your job and then you kind of root for him to do his job well. Um, I'm led to believe that he, he, he lives in Southport, I think, and I think he's become part of the community there. He likes to go out of a pint with the people that he lives around, and he's, he's, he's a, a visible figure. And I think he's, he's, oh, he's, been a he's, yeah, he's been a breath of fresh air. You know, I think he, he totally embraces what the culture of Liverpool Football Club is, what it needs to be, and I think he's put his own mark on that, and he's, he's getting the success. And I think it's sustainable success and something that he's quite keen to develop now over the, the next few years or so. Brilliant. And we'll draw a line under that as well. Darren, as always, an absolute pleasure. Loved it, mate. I'll speak to you very soon. This has been a Shooting Shark production, as always. 
Uh, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, rank, do whatever. But as long as it's positive, we don't care. Uh, thank you very much. Spread the word. Fumbleites will hit you up on the Twitter when uh, the next one's out, of course. And uh, let us know what you think of the playoff run and everything that we've talked about, especially the Tom Brady story and the Tennessee versus Baltimore. We love that. Uh, from now, though, au revoir. We bid you farewell. Let's go Titans. <laughs>